Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Black Multiverse Theory Podcast. A podcast about global, local, and popular culture from the perspective of Afro-Canadians who live different versions of themselves to navigate everyday life. Welcome, episode... Four. Episode four. So... My name is Nigel Williams. And, and, and I'm, you are? I'm Nilo. <laughs> Nilo. We're just working our way through this thing today. Let's power right through. Right on through. Let's go. All so right. how was your week, Mr. Nigel Williams? Oh, well, Sunday was Mother's Day. You had an event this last weekend, too, that you totally forgot to talk about. I did have the event. I'm let's, so glad that we had to do this over again. Let's go back to the event. So before Mother's Day, before Mother's Day, there was the Stevie Wonder James Brown tribute, tribute at the station. This was, was a tribute show. so much fun. It was live and large and in charge. There was Facebook footage of it going just honoring the music and um, where the history of, of a lot of our music comes from. Some of the talented artists that we have in our city, especially, especially black artists. This city is so talented. We have a lot of There's a lot of really talented people here. So shout out to all the people who sang uh, with me on stage. And shout out to all the people who audienced with me off stage. Because yeah. together, we made it a great show. It was <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know this, um, Nilo feels that she is the, the best, best attendee. Attendee, yeah. She brings I'm a ringer. Fire I bring the fire from the crowd, and I set the expectation. Yeah, she and she invites everybody to join me. Yeah, hello, people. Yeah, and in their enthusiasm. Yeah, uh, you know what? I can't say that that's not a true statement. It's, it's completely a, it's true. I have fire. several DJs that will agree. Yeah, she she brings a fire. I'm working for in. the DJ. She came to this particular event um, to take pictures and to record video and to record some video, mm-hmm. and ended up rocking the joint out from fun. the crowd. She had a great time with some of our people. Yeah, like, but uh-huh. you slid in there like go about. <laughs> you definitely slid in the back like. Due to uh, issues with childcare, I was trying to get their technical issues. They're very technical. (laughs) I was trying to get there on time and um, Mm -hmm. did not make it on time. Time, time. And then I got locked out of the actual stage. I couldn't get. Was that what happened? I couldn't get into the stage, so I had to get the waiters to come and take me and bring me down and bring me in. something. And then they left me at the, at the door before the stage, which also I needed to go back, all the way back, get them, bring them back to open the last door for me to get in. And then they told me the code after that. So... Then I just walked up on stage and just slid in there. Slid into my spot. Like you were there the whole time. Started to start rock out the stage. I I started out. I was going to come in with It's a Man's World and hit it hard with James Brown. Yo, I would have been pissed if I was any one of those singers and you just slid in there late and stole my song. (laughs) Yo, we would fight. Listen, listen. I'm not trying to do a show again. I'm not trying to steal people's song. I just came in and wanted to do a good show and we had a great show. After that, we had Mother's Day on Sunday. Um, Great, great day. Um, uh, but my, unfortunately, the, the bad side of the day was my mom was sick. She went to the hospital, so I went to visit her in the hospital for Mother's Day. Afterwards, the children and I, we had many different events that we did with 
their mom and my wife, and we went um, out to eat after and then came home. I got sick at the end fun. of the night and I kind of passed Ooh, out. That but, it, less fun. <laughs> but it was good. So that was it. That sounds like a good time. So shout outs also to the aunties out there. We want to shout out to all the aunties, all the moms, and all the aunties, those who don't have children, those who lost their mom. Those uh, who lost their children. Those who step in when when times get tough for, mm-hmm. for parents. Those who mother. To everyone who mothers, whether that is an auntie those or a father mother. or an uncle, whoever's out there mothering. Whatever, whatever pronoun you want to go with. You, you're, we're going back here. <laughs> So, all, all, all the people that help with the children and the raising of and children. And all the mothering. So, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Mm-hmm. What's up with your boy, Russ Wilson, bro? I feel like... So, you, you're not talking about dangerous <laughs> Wilson. I can't every time. <laughs> that guy took a photo of himself. Who took that picture even? It's Sierra. It's Sierra. Go, baby. Go ahead, baby. Baby, baby, lean the jacket off your shoulder a little bit. You're change your name to danger. I know it's something. It was Sierra. It's definitely Sierra. Anyway, Mr. Russ Wilson got his mama house. Sierra's husband Mm -hmm. got his mom a wonderful house. And was like, Ma, it was like a surprise. He was like super casual about it. Yeah, he's like, here, here's the keys. And she's like, what's this? And he's like... <laughs> your house. It's your the house. keys to your house. It's your house. And she screamed and it was, it was all really done. He also recognized Sierra. How? Um, I didn't see it. Further down the scroll, he... Well, not the scroll, but further uh, down yeah, like, or later on that, that day. Yeah. He recognized her as being a great mom for mm-hmm. her and wanted to know when baby number three was coming. And she just smiled. Okay. Uh, so he's working on a future. But I'm Wow. I guess Sierra better get that bag, put that baby, get that baby in her. Yeah, well, he's, he's going to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else we got this week? Now, on, still on the on the mama, say, let's get to baby mama drama here. We got Nipsey Hussle. What's happening with Nipsey? Nipsey's, Nipsey's daughter. He has a 10-year-old daughter. There was a video of her at a birthday party. Did you show me that? When she was like, she was having a good time. I did not show. She just turned 10, is it? Yeah, she just turned 10. Mm-hmm. She looks just like him. Like, they just took his face off and put it on her. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the same thing with his mom. Looks just like him, too? Yeah, he looks just like his mom. Okay. So then, it yeah. runs in the family. They got strong genes, I guess. Yeah, baby looks like, looks like them. So, mm-hmm. basically, the his baby mama, um, which is... Um, Tanisha we're just going to call her Tanisha you could also call her his daughter's mother <laughs> just because that's what she is <laughs> I don't want to do baby mama and all that anyway go ahead. <laughs> what happened to Tanisha <laughs> okay so Tanisha the, uh, the child Imani was taken away from uh, well not taken away but Nipsey had custody of 
his daughter, his daughter before mm-hmm. he died. And then now, um, now that he's dead, the mom has filed for custody, but his sister, Black's uh, sister Samantha Smith, and Black Sam, his brother, filed for guardianship of the, the, baby, of of the, the daughter. Girl. Yeah, because they said that the reason why the daughter was with him is because she was unfit. And they don't mother. they don't go into details of why she was unfit. Yeah. So that's that, a hard one, man. That's a tough one because I don't know. I don't know because it's a, it's a difficult situation to take away a child from the mom. And if the court gives the father jurisdiction, it's assumed that he is better. But being as you know, assuming things is 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 but totally even incorrect. though. Okay, so even though being with her father may be better than being with her mother, is being with her auntie better than being with her mother? That's the question. And I don't know if the courts are in a state or a position to, to make that decision. Okay. I don't know if they are. And the brother, Black Sam. Well, they would have to bring some kind of evidence that the mother's unfit. I think it's pretty challenging to 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 get that to happen. Maybe Especially it's the same the evidence they got before. When it comes to custody, they rule... No, it couldn't be because a mother-father is totally different than a mother and auntie's and uncle when the father has passed away. And, and I agree with you 100%. But in the case where the mom's an alcoholic oh, or something, drug addict, yeah, I suppose. it becomes easier. But I guess we don't know if it's any of those things. They're just saying unfit right now. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, yeah, they're just saying unfit. That's super sad, though. I mean, to be going through that. Aisha Curry, the movie we got. We got Shirley Chisholm, the first African American congresswoman. Um, and we have Fast Color, directed by Julia Hart and written by Julia Hart and Jordan Horowitz. All right, let's let's talk about these things then. Which one do you want to start with? There. Let's go with Aisha Curry. Ish. Ish. Aisha Curry comes on your girl. One of the shows. What was it? The Red Table Talk. Which Red is Table poppin', Talk. Which is by the way, is a I don't know if people show. have been watching, but it is definitely the, the show. Yes. So Red Table Talk comes on. Aisha Curry gets in there and she says, ladies, I want to tell you a little bit of a secret um, about how I feel. And she says she feels um, less attractive now because not very many guys are really hitting on her. She's not getting that that attention from the male species. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's what she's used to or if she's just saying that she's not getting enough attention. She's Canadian? Aisha Curry? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think she's from Toronto. Really? I think so. I did not know. Right? Where's she from? Um, it says here that she's a Canadian American act. Yeah, she was born and raised in Toronto. Yeah. Okay, Aisha Curry. I did not know Aisha Curry was Canadian. Yeah, Aisha Curry uh, got her break, actually. Most people don't know this. They know more of her because of um, my man, 
my man. Nice work. Stephon Curry. But Aisha Curry actually got her break on Hannah Montana, the show. Mm-hmm. She was the rival and one of the friends later on for Hannah Montana on the show. In fact, I used to think that she was a darker skin version of Miley Cyrus. If you watch the show, when they were younger, they looked a lot alike. It was weird. Really? Yeah, yeah. If you ever watch it, you ever ever watch it. Okay, okay, okay. It was really weird. So the thing about Aisha Curry, right? What's the thing about Aisha Curry? Come on, tell me. What do you think about what she said? I, you know what? I, I feel that a lot of women uh, feel this way. A lot of, of women, mothers, females um, in general, um, once they are married or once they have somebody, they fall into a state where they don't feel as attractive because there's a lot of guys respecting the person they're with. I mean, I mean Steph Curry. That's like everybody's goat of hero. Of, <laughs> Listen, you like mess never. up, you mess up a Steph Curry relationship, and he stops shooting those three pointers. And the whole world's gonna, you're dead. You're dead to California. Whole, the whole world's gonna be bad. Some people will be less bad, but the world will be bad if he stops shooting three pointers because he's crying because his baby mama cheated on him. But the problem with so here's the thing: people have been like really defending Aisha Curry, like it's okay, women they start to feel like maybe they're not as attractive, and I totally get it, like. As a woman, as a black woman, when I was in the States or literally anywhere else in the world, I get a lot more male attention than I do here in Edmonton. So I do, I can understand that. Like, okay, you're you're here for a little while. And I've had other black women tell me that in Edmonton as well. But Aisha Curry has a history of texting, or not texting, sorry, tweeting these, um, tweeting out these tweets that are essentially like holier than thou. So some Aisha Curry tweets. Everyone's into barely wearing clothes these days, huh? Not my style. I like to keep the good stuff covered up for the one who matters. And just looking at the latest fashion trends, I'll take classy over trendy any day of the week. See? So people already came at her like a couple years ago about her like slut shaming. So the, the thing is, how do you in one breath talk down about women who want attention, but then in the very next breath be like, I don't feel like I'm attractive because people are giving me attention. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't understand how, like, how it's how it should be acceptable. I guess that on one hand she's like talk, putting down people who are doing the same thing for the same reasons, and then on the other hand being like, oh, maybe the reason she's not getting attention is her goods are covered up for the one who matters. Listen, I I don't even know about that whole scenario because when I think about it, there are certain people that do dress where however they want to dress. Sure. You, you should feel free to dress however you want to dress. But there's a difference between dressing to attract a person or a suitor and then 
there's a difference between covering up the goods to for the one who matters. So, so there's there's part 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 of the world will probably respect that because they don't want it to be a cheater or a homewrecker or, or somebody like that. Okay. The other part of the world's like, yo, we should be able to dress how we are and not be judged by the way we dress. And if we want to look up dudes or females or whatever during this time while we're dressed up, then we should have the right to do so. But Aisha Curry made us all feel like she didn't care about no one else's attention. And there was something else about um, about her at some car wash and not getting. And she was like, oh, I'm married, thanks. <laughs> so she's been on this tip the whole time. So well, all of a sudden be like, why is it anyone paying attention to me? Like, you were clear I, that you do not want attention. I you are so clear. <laughs> I don't think there's a married dude out there that wouldn't want their wife. If they're happily married to be hit on? No. Well, yeah, or to be flaunting. Desired. Yeah, to be flaunting, you know, how they feel. I, but I feel that she has a communication with her husband and he understands what she means when she says she's not really getting any other attention. I know for a relationship, being in a marriage, what happens is that. The husband that you're with, the spouse that you're with, a lot of wives get used to that guy thinking you're attractive, but want to know that you're attractive to the rest of the world. Not just that one guy that dedicated his life and decided he's going to take vows and then married you and picked you out of all the other people that he could have picked and that chose okay, you well, as the prettiest <laughs> wife. I'm still here. <laughs> Are you okay? Not, not just that one. You want you want the rest of <laughs> you want the rest okay. of the world. So tell us how you really feel like <laughs> the rest of the world to know how you that you that you cute. Okay. All right. All right. So it turns out that you're like not so down with what Aisha Curry said <laughs> anyway. When we dig a little bit deeper. Listen, but listen, but, but you know, I you gotta let Aisha Curry live her life, man. <laughs> You gotta let her live. Oh man, you know how many people were DMing her? Hey, big head. I was like, y'all need to get out this woman's inbox. Stop playing. Hey, big head. You know how many people? That's hilarious. It was funny. Uh, but in more baby or mother news, because we all this know is I mother sh- is what we're doing. We're still on mothers. Okay. This, this is all a mother theme this week. It's all themed on mamas. And Kevin, Kevin Hart posted a picture of him and his mama. Okay. On here. You guys just want to say it. I have not seen it. And I did not want to see it until I saw it on now. She wanted to see it live, everyone. So I'm going to show her this picture of Kevin Hart. Holy damn! That lady looks exactly like... Wow! 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 She just took a and slapped it on the baby. Wow! Just took her face. Look, doesn't it look like one of those faces? He goes, hey, what you, what you doing? I wasn't be, ready! You played in that toilet. <laughs> wow, that is something. This is amazing. You told me about somebody else who looks exactly like their moms. Nipsey looks like exactly like his mom. Nipsey mommy's looks dad. exactly like his mom. Sinilation looks, looks like, like her mom. Dead stuff. Really? Dead stuff. 
from when her mom was young. They, they have a picture of her, and then they have a black and white picture of her mom. And from the same. It's the same person. It's like, why did you do this? <laughs> and then I showed you a picture of... So, you cloned jo- yourself. A picture of Jordan Wood. Like, her mom... Jordan Wood's and her sister, bro. Ooh. I could not even... I'm like, yes, yeah, Jordan right there. You're like, okay, how about this picture? You're <laughs> like, like, uh... So now you baked a whole cake. I could have bought you a piece. I didn't even think about you. Shout out to Sanaya. She be doing all the most stuff. She bought a whole. She baked a cake with Fruit Loops on it. She is hella mad good at the hella mad stuff that she be doing. <laughs> You're just saying words. I am saying words that she has said to me before. Oh boy. Okay, so we're talking about Crazy Eyes. Yes, from Orange is the New Black. She has a real name. It's Uzo Aduba. Uzo Aduba. Mm -hmm. Uzo Aduba is set to play who? Miss Shirley Chisholm, who is an American... um, Activist. Politician, educator, author. Other than being an activist, she's actually the first black congresswoman in America. I believe she even... Is it true? Can you you confirm this? Did she run for president? Oh, let me check right now. Hmm. Because I was watching, because I get all my good news from Trevor Noah. So I was watching okay. Trevor Noah. She popped up on there. Apparently, and they said a lot of stuff. She was the first black majority party candidate to run for president of the United States in 1972. Blackout. See, right there, I know my American history. Also I'm making her the first... I think and only a woman ever no it was the first woman to run the Democratic Party's presidential nomination yeah she went in there and um, one of the statements that they made was that um, people were throwing their hats in and somebody threw in their bonnet oh I'm sure in the day that meant something it did in 1972 yeah they're trying to try to Throw punches at her. They're throwing punches at her. Not too different from today. Not too different. Not too different. No. But I'm so glad that her story is going to be coming to the screen. Theaters. And I'm really glad that they chose somebody at her same color grade to play her. And we didn't lighten her up. Nope. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I'm I'm happy. I love Uzo Dubois, so I would I'm excited to see her outside of that crazy eyes role so we can actually see her acting chops. Acting. She's acted in other things too, actually, but I couldn't tell you one single thing now. But I've seen her in other stuff. She's got the chops. She's got the acting chops. I like her a lot. Ooh. And um actually speaking of movies and black movies. I want to discuss this with you. So there's a movie called Fast Color. Mm. Um, and it is about a someone who runs away from home. And then it turns out that she's a superhero. She goes back and it's like a lineage of superheroes. So it's black women, superheroes, three of them. And um, yeah, apparently it did really well at South by Southwest. Um, It's like so-so on IMDb, but Rotten Tomatoes is like an eight. But then they said that they squashed it in theaters, and they're blaming the male patriarch structure for not allowing this story about these three generations of black women to be told. So it's not coming out? I mean, I think they had very limited release. I don't think it's in the theaters anymore. I don't think it's going to be back to the theaters. It had a really limited release, like no press behind it. So it went out 
to the theaters already. Yeah. Okay. And you totally missed it. I totally missed it. Yeah, so they're saying, you use this word all the time. What they're saying is the male patriarch system kiboshed, kiboshed, what do you say? Kiboshed. Kiboshed the entire thing. So they didn't give them a fair shot. That's normal. It's normal because we have what I call the Chitlin Circuit of Films. Um, It's when... What? Yeah, definitely, definitely a thing. Okay. When I... Growing up here in Edmonton and going to school and, 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 and seeing the films that came out here, majority of films that came into theaters were predominantly white cast yeah. and stuff like that. So you saw the Titanic hit the theaters. Yeah. But when you go to the southern states or even the states um, that have a large black or African-American population, mm-hmm. you'll notice that those ones will have other movies that you don't get here that yeah. don't even get advertised but here. You're right. <laughs> you're totally right. But let me tell you, this fast color movie, we're probably going backwards, but that's okay. We're not on the other end. Um, we're still on that Mother's Day theme because all the generations of these moms had superhero powers. Yeah, but my question here on this um, fast color thing is, mm-hmm. okay, the writer and director is Julia Hart and Jordan Horwitz. So two white people. Okay. Um, and it's directed also by Julia Horowitz, which is also a white woman, but as know. much as this portion of uh, of whatever it is is done by white people. I, I, I like so consider a black movie. I like the fact that black people are getting paid. Oh yeah, I'm with it. Right? Right? It it looks like it's gonna be a majority black cast with but all But do you think that women. they did that like to like, ooh, let's do this because black movies are like super popular right now? Because what is it I don't know about this like what is it? Uh, you don't, don't think know. so? Are black movies super popular right now? I mean black people really certain ones they, are they rally around their stuff. We rally around our stuff. We do. We, and especially as of late, we do. Yeah. Um, especially in the last few years. So that's what I'm wondering because I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of art that on the face is black. On the face is black. Mm-hmm. But behind the scenes is a white person. Like remember years ago that um, photo painted by that white woman with Emma Till. I don't know if you remember that or not. So she painted this painting called Open Casket. Mm-hmm. And it, um, she pretty much pa- painted Emma Till's face all whatever. And it was a white woman. So I just wonder about white folks today making money off of black pain and, like, black stories and making money off of it, right? Like, capitalizing on it. I get it. At the same time, we still live in this world at this time. And white people have a lot of power power and jurisdiction and clout and money. So, so you think we should be happy that they're telling black stories now? Uh, I wouldn't say happy. I'm, I'm, I'm more happy that black people, after all these years of having to fight to get into Hollywood... And to fight to get our own stuff. 
Right. That uh, we're able to be cast in uh, uh, any type of movie, make money, and be a lead role in movies. Did we have to fight to get into Hollywood? We sure did. I thought the minstrel was like part of early Hollywood and black and the black minstrel. Like I thought that happened real early. Or you mean get in in the way where we're like saying words? Or we're actually getting paid. Okay. So like in the minstrel. <laughs> Get, like, uh, get beans, get beans and hot dogs after the show. He get paid. That's okay. his food. Okay, actual money. Actual money. So now we're getting money and getting paid. You know, one of the one of my favorite actors is Will Smith, mm-hmm. and I just love the way that he was able to kind of come transcend from, blackness. Yeah, and just come from nothing, dominate in everything from from the TV. He started with rap. And then went to TV. He tells people all the time he doesn't dance. Mm-hmm. And then went to movies. Went from movies. He's still doing movies. He's got Netflix movies happening. He's got this new one called Gemini coming out right now. But isn't Will Smith in the in that Scientology thing? No. He's not? No. Are you not, sure? No, he's not in Scientology. Okay. I thought he was in Scientology. He, he actually says that. Um, many, not? many times. No, he just says that him and Tom Cruise are friends. Tom Cruise is definitely in Scientology. So him and Tom Cruise are friends, so everybody just overlaid the Scientology on Yeah, because they came out publicly and said they were friends, and then Tom's like, hey, I'm a Scientologist. And everybody's like, ooh. Back to what we were talking about, we were discussing um, the Chitlin circuit. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how in certain places in the states where there's a predominantly African-American uh, population, mm-hmm. they get these these The movies. good movies. They get movies. All the movies. And so a lot of movies that didn't quite make it over here. Um, yeah, but here they play the black movies literally like one weekend. Mm. Sorry to Bother You was at West End for literally one weekend. I don't even think Black KKK came until it won an Oscar, and then and it was then Black it History Month, and yeah. then Metro Cinema was like, okay, I guess you guys can see this now. But hear this. What happens is a lot of these um, cinemas, mm-hmm. they will um, look at the demographic of the place and then just not send the videos over to that spot because they're not getting the demographic. Oh, so what you're saying is they just don't get it. They just don't get it. And so somebody has to be like, yo... We need, we need this. We need this. And they're like, okay, we'll send it Black History Month. And then they get it on Black History Month. That's one of the things I looked up when I got here. I went to the States. I watched Trippin'. I called over here to say, hey, you guys seen Trippin'? They're like, what? They're like, hey, boy, you Trippin'. <laughs> they're like, who's in that? And I'm like, it's Bud from The Cosby Show. Okay, Bud. Colin Barrington said that Princess, they play indie movies. And actually, the Prince. Princess, that's by 109 over there, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Um, they they did play, they had a James Baldwin, that James Baldwin film there. Okay. Um, playing for a little while. I'm Not Your Negro, that one. Ah, um, yes, yes, Playing yes. there, yeah. So, that's a, that's a good look, heads up. Well, Colin Burton, what's up, buddy? That's your people? That's my homeboy. Oh, okay. What's up, Colin? Mm-hmm. So... We have that portion. So I, that's I, what happens. Yeah, I realize that. That's what happens. Okay. All right. So I shouldn't hold them too accountable? I think, 
I don't know. So what should we do? Should we like organize when black movies come? Should we like write and get it? Should we partner with a movie theater so that we like? But look what, what we, we do? look what we did for Black Panther. Bro, look what I did for Black Panther. You did, you did <laughs> the most. Kidding. People were like, I did this because of you. People came out and dressed up and everything. Black Panther people dressed up yeah. like they were Wakanda. Even here in Edmonton. Even here in Edmonton. Even here in Edmonton. That's what, so, yeah. You got people like Jordan Peele coming out with us. And, yeah. And Marseille Martin came out with Little. I don't even know if it played here. Little. Uh, I told you you have to go take your girls to see that. Yes, I know. So we have to watch little, mm-hmm. um, and and which is which is a little for those of you who don't know. It is the uh, spinoff, I guess, version of Big. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's the same sort of sort of uh, premise. Except that they become the girl lady becomes little instead of a big. boy becoming big. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really it's a really good movie and the director youngest, youngest executive producer in Hollywood, mm-hmm. youngest director, youngest writer in Hollywood, Miss Marseille Martin from Blackish. The goat amongst I don't know how old she is, fifteen year olds. Yeah. She just always looks so fabulous and like on it. Like she knows exactly what to say. She's so groomed. I actually expected Sky Jackson. Is that what her name is? Star Jackson? Remember that little girl for Disney? No. Which, which little girl? Star Jackson? Yeah. Star Jackson. I think that was her. Who was that little girl from Disney in that little orphan show? She was, like, fighting with Azalea Banks at one point. Really? Yeah, check Sky Jackson. One of those little... Um, I expected her to, like, come up and be like, Yo, this, this shit what, is mine now. This is what's happening. And then Marseille Martin was like, or me. And that was it. Sky Jackson is exactly who it is. I put it in the wrong one. Yeah. And, yes, she was fighting with Azalea Banks. And she's like, uh, you're getting a little girl right now. Azalea Banks is like, I don't give a (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, on this portion of this part of the scroll, we are in the Mother's Day portion. We're talking about mothers that may or may not want to be mothers, depending on the circumstance. Why would you bring this in? Where where we are, because this whole portion of the scroll has been about mothers. You're right. It all has been about mothers. So, we're here, um, we are looking that abortion, there's an abortion ban being passed. In Alabama. They just passed a total abortion ban um, the governor is supposed to sign it, okay? And the abortion man will punish doctors who do abortions to, with up to 99 years in prison. Hmm. And there's no exceptions for rape or incest. And this ban is that, like, so you know that they um, count the age of the baby by the last missed period. Right. Okay. By the actually by the last day of the last period. So once I finish my period, whether or not I'm pregnant at that time, if I get pregnant any time in the next month, they're going to attach that date. Right? Okay. Okay. So um what you did say before we started talking is that we may have different views on abortion. But it sounds like you think that I 
support abortion? I did not say that. Oh, I said. Let me hear about your views. All I'm saying is that we may or may not have the same viewpoint. What are? What's abortion. your viewpoint on it? While we're talking about it, uh, I've always been raised um, as a pro-life um, person to not deem abortion as an actual um, uh, option because it's killing a fetus or a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Growing up, I've realized that there are different circumstances which causes people to uh, feel differently about abortion, especially women who have been raped, uh, women who have uh, gone through incestual relationships, mm-hmm. and then there's just women that just don't want to have a baby right sure. now. They're not ready. There has been the morning after pills that have come in to play. There are a lot of things that happen, and it's gone, come far from the ways that abortion used to be taken care of before, like a coat hanger. Um, right. And different so ways that's that my question. Like, okay, sorry to cut you. Go ahead. So, uh, in 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 looking at at these different things that happen, and and moving to where science is a little bit better and health science is a little bit better. Um, I, 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 I run through this in my head as something that you have to deal with um, on a personal and spiritual level on your own. Um, you have to determine whether it's right or wrong on your own. I can't tell you that abortion is wrong. Uh, your circumstance is never going to be my circumstance. I'm just happy my mom didn't abort me come in when I came, like, 10 years after my brothers, and she thought she was too old to have a baby. She, she didn't think she needed another child. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that she didn't do that. That's, that's all I got. That's all I got. That's a fair position to come from. I think there's a couple of things that are really troubling about this. And um, this particular is actually Alabama's the second state. Uh, Georgia just passed what's called the heartbeat law, making abortion illegal from the time that you can detect a heartbeat of the fetus. Mm. Um, These illegalities, people like in Georgia, you cannot leave the state and come back. You can't leave and go get an abortion and come back or else you can be um, punished right? And then, in addition, what does punishment mean? So, when they're saying it's illegal, they're talking about a felony act. So, if you have an abortion and you get caught in certain states in the United States, this is like, this feels like Handmaid's Tale, um, you get charged with a felony. And I don't know if you know this, but a felony restricts your voting rights. It does. And your traveling rights and a bunch of other things right. that you get you put on. So, um, really, when we're talking about abortion, the question isn't shouldn't be whether or not you agree with it. The question is, do women have rights to their own bodies? I think that that's what it is. And I don't know that how long abortion will stop it. So you're saying that because you're um, your mom and your wife has worked with babies, there's scenarios where... Uh, a baby has come out, yep. but the baby didn't have properly developed heart and lungs and things that it needs to survive. They, but it had it, a strong heartbeat. It had a strong heartbeat, but right. it didn't have all the other things. Mm-hmm. So in one scenario, um, this child, uh, the parents got the option to say, yes, we want the child. No, we don't want the child. If they don't want the child, the child doesn't go to the state. They leave the child to die. No food, no nothing. 
No food? No food, no nothing. Right? So the child doesn't have, like, eyes, stuff like that. Mouth. Only has a mouth and a nose. And the lungs aren't developed. So in this particular scenario, this is a true story. This is a true story. And it's a sad story. So brace yourself. Super sad. So the child stayed there. They expected the child to last. Like they usually do. They only last maybe a few hours. Maybe an hour. Two hours. This child lasted a whole week. Traumatized the entire Entire staff. staff. They all had to go for counseling after. And they were I have to go for counseling after I heard this. And they feeding the child. Too, because the child's actually crying. So the vocal cords are there, and the child's crying, and the child just won't die. And they're, and they're feeding the child because they feel so sorry for the child. Now, in a circumstance like this, I look at, I look at abortion, and I look at, at how this child came to be. Mm-hmm. The child was premature, didn't have anything, um, any of the heart rate. Mm-hmm. By causing abortion, you kind of... Start this process really early and flush it flushes your, up. your system takes system care of takes it. Takes care of it mm-hmm. and flushes the baby out. So it's it's circumstances like that. It's super sad, and it's 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 like what if they had actually cared for the child or kept the child or decided they wanted the child? Then what happens then? I think it's crueler to bring a full child to term and deliver that baby and then leave them to die. But, like, bro, but, what? But that's part of the, that's part, part of the system. It's part of the system. Ah, uh, but so the other part is that I don't remember what this congressperson said the other day because, to be honest, I've been trying to keep out of American media as much as possible. But it was clear that they had no idea about ectopic pre- pregnancies because you know there are these pregnancies that happen in your fallopian tubes mm-hmm. that literally, if the baby develops in there, it will just kill the mom. So there's mad circumstances, mm-hmm. even that, and I think that. Um, like, there are ways if you want to people to not have abortions, for example. There are ways to do that. There are ways through education, like, not only only teaching abstinence, but by, te- like, really teaching sex ed properly. Yeah. Right. And then uh, and having ch- kids understand as they go. I just, it just feels... Do you feel like there's Terrifying. not? Do you feel like there's not that type of education? I remember going to school and getting mm. a full at my Christian school. You're talking about here in Canada, here in Edmonton, right? Yeah. So in Canada, we had Sunday night sex show with Sue Johansson. Remember that was all in the '90s. You don't remember that? Uh, no. Okay. Sunday so nights. Sunday night probably at church. Definitely. <laughs> so so Sunday nights, my parents put me in front of the radio. And we listened to the Sunday night sex show with Sue Johansson. And that jam was like, anybody remember that? That jam was like mad hours long. And that lady used to talk about everything from BJ's to babies, I guess. Every and everything in between. So I learned extensive sexual knowledge from that show. I do remember having sex ed in school as well. But many of these states, especially in um, the southern states, they're teaching abstinence only. You cannot teach children abstinence only. It's not realistic. You can teach them abstinence, yes. Mm-hmm. But oh. you, yeah, but abstinence mm-hmm. only, it leaves out all of this extra information that kids need to know in order to make good decisions, really. And here, um, 
here in Edmonton or in Alberta, the age of consent is 16 years old. In the 90s, it was 14. Yeah. Right? So in some of these states like Alabama, the um, age of sexual consent is also really young. It's really, really young. So it's just the whole thing is really concerning. Shop talk Let's today. move to shop talk. Okay. So last week on shop talk, we talked about um, dryness, hair, and keeping your hair moisturized in the change of seasons, specifically winter to summer. Right. Right. And then last week, I also said that when I talk about protective styling, I'm never talking about braids or um, and when I say braids, I mean extensions. extensions. I'm never talking about added hair. I'm never talking about weaves ever, 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 ever. So the question is, what are the protective styles that I am talking about or that I do suggest for people? So, we're going to talk about three different kinds of protective styles that I um, appreciate. Three protective styles. So, the first one is a two-strand twist. Now, the thing about a two-strand twist is, you can probably find this out on YouTube, but there's literally like three to five different ways that you can twist those two strands together in order to make a different kind of twist out, whether you want it more defined, fluffier, or what have you. So, (laughs) you're such a weirdo. (laughs) So, the great thing about two-strand twists is they're like super versatile, and of course, you... um, it's super versatile, so you can also wear it, tuck it in, and then also take it out for a twist out. The second one is braids, like braids and cornrows. So braids and cornrowing your own hair. Um, with braids and cornrow styles that do not include added hair, it helps to keep the hair tucked in. But even if you're not adding hair, you want to be careful not to pull hair too tight around your edges which could damage your um, hair follicles. Um, And then, yeah, I think that that's it. And then the last one is Bantu knots, which is what started this whole conversation. Shiny bump. (laughs) Well, we say Bantu knots because I actually have a Bantu client. So I think I'm putting Bantu knots on her when I do it. I I think about um, protective stylings for men often because we, we oh, often yeah, think about times uh, for women. Um, I'm in the trade, so I have a lot of dust flying up. I have a lot of things. And keeping my hair is long right now, especially on the top, um, especially if you go on, our, on the Facebook page and, and you go, you'll see when I did the Edmonton Natural Hair Show Mm -hmm. and I got my hair cut live. I got the sides really cut. But she didn't really do a lot to the top, so it's still very tall um, in the top. So I've always wanted to get some sort of protective style to keep it during the week. Yeah. Um, We're just waiting for you to give me the go-ahead so I can throw some cornrows in that. Yeah, but, you know, you know. There's there's factors that, that tie it. What you should do is do it right after church so you can leave them in for a whole week. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. 
So, you know, there's just issues that I got, you know, I got to deal with, got to prep myself first. I, I do want to do it as a protective style because I, I kind of want to keep the hair how it is. And the family loves it how it is. So, I'm And you definitely that. crawl into some gross places. Yeah, definitely. There's dusty, gross, cobweb places. So I would like to put something over a do-rag or something. Yeah, and but we do actually have head covers here at Aphrodisiac. Lots of wraps. Not just the wraps. I have head covers that you just pull over your head. Like a do-rag? Yeah, without the tying part. Okay, like a skull cap. Like a scully kind of. Scully. Yeah, it's a little bit longer because you can hold lots so in it, but I have small ones too, Mr. Williams. Mm. I am listening to a lot of different things. Okay. Um, there's a lot of things gracing my, my ears right now. Beyonce. Um, Beyonce. Released on her homecoming an extra bonus cat. Um, Before I let. Is it We Like to Party or uh, Before I Let Go? Before I Let Go. Yeah, Before I Let Go. Yeah. So that that's in my ears a lot. It's hype. It's nice. It's good for the morning, to, mm-hmm. for the morning ride out, the commute to work. We should do a Before I Let Go challenge in the shop. I think we should. We should stay do that on, during, on, during the party. Huh? During the release <gasps> We party. should. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. And um, I also have, <laughs> last week we got corrected because both of us were listening to the same person. Yeah. So I was listening to Sid and you were listening to the internet and apparently Sid headlined the band, the internet, and then went off and did their own thing. The lead singer person for the internet, for the internet is Sid. Is Sid. So we were both listening to the same person. Apparently. Apparently. Both be moved by the same <laughs> music. So that happened. Okay. Um, and on my gospel tracks... Uh, it's long. <laughs> Sorry, my gospel tracks... This, oh, Kirk Franklin. Uh, Kirk Franklin, he's still making music? Yo, buddy, is he ever still making music? He's making a ton of music. And he has a song called Love Theory, which is really popular. Kurt Franklin, to me, is undeniable. It, like music, period. Forget that he's gospel. I, I, I don't want to forget because I know it's front and center for you. But as a secular music enthusiast, mm. Kirk Franklin is still on there. Like, I'd be, I'd be like, he's like, okay. When Kirk Franklin starts talking, I'm like, all right, let's do it. What do in, we do? In my reckless non-church days when I used to go out and, and, and hang out in, 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 Florida? Other, in other places. Did you used to listen to The Light? Uh, yes. I, <laughs> I know the radio station while they have like, like, that would be a cool thing to have here though, actually, because they have like mm. praise hop. Yeah, but what would happen is at the end of the of the club scene, what mm-hmm. we call in Florida the let out, when they do the that out. at about four in the morning, they would start playing. Because they all need to go to church. <laughs> yeah, everybody's <laughs> it's Sunday morning. We have the church. We ain't going nowhere. I was like, Kirk, <laughs> Kirk, Michael, come on, you. 
They're like, oh, oh, time oh, to go. Time, time to, to go. go. We got to rest before church. <laughs> we got to get that. Dang. At the club, no less. Yeah. We used to happen all the time. Last year, there's a um, Vinci artist named Fireman, and Fireman had a song called Amen. Mm. And it was like literally like, amen. I'll let you um, hear it. But um, at the end of our uh, juve that we had last summer, I was like, amen, amen, it's Sunday, amen, amen, amen. The sun came up. We partied until the sun came up. That that DJ looked at me like, girl, you better move with that. And that thing won all kind of Soka Monarch Awards and stuff. He was like... The longest troops ever. But that's the thing, right? These gospel tracks are meant to save. It was. Soul. It's not actually a gospel track. It is a full soca track, but it just happens to be called Amen. It sounds like he took one of our gospel songs yes, and, and made it into a soca. Yes, and I will allow you to listen to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this gospel song that he turned into a soca song, gets mm-hmm. doing his thing. So I feel. What do we got next? Well, what I'm listening to? Yeah. I'm not really listening to anything right now. I don't. What are you saying? But DJ Gel has a new mixtape that he released today. <laughs> he makes it, He released a new mixtape? Yeah. He's got a um, dance hall, raw, um, summer dance hall hits mixtape. I haven't heard it yet. For those of you who don't know, DJ Gel is, is my favorite DJ in the world. Her favorite DJ and a very talented um, individual yeah. and DJ and he um, does a lot of I soca. talk about him every episode yeah he does a lot of soca upcoming events so um, I, I just want to say one more time a shout out to all the people who came out to the Stevie Wonder um, hey Kyle James Brown tribute mm-hmm. we had a good time Quick shout out to Stevie Wonder, whose birthday it was was yesterday, I believe. Was it? I thought it was on the eleventh. Wow. Um, off like that. Which is, or I think it was the twelfth. Is it? I thought it was the eleventh. Maybe check it out. I'm so to. I love him so much. So Stevie came out and they're like, uh, we didn't get to sing. You're his right. It's May thirteenth. Um, yeah, his version of Happy Birthday, but um, mm-hmm. we want to say Happy Which I would birthday. like to say officially is the only version of Happy Birthday that I have acknowledged over years. I pretty much wait for everybody to finish their boring Happy Birthday, and then I come in with the real Happy Birthday. There you go. I just feel like black people shouldn't be singing any other kind. That's your prerogative, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I like how you just go there to choice after I said... <laughs> This is the rule. This is it. You're like, sure, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Whatever you want. I'm not gonna put anybody in the box. Fine. For that. But it's it's fantastic. I would like to make it a thing. <laughs> it's definitely a thing. Okay, if you plan on singing me personally happy birthday, the only happy birthday I care to be sung to is Stevie Wonder Virgin. Noted. <laughs> Being that I have jurisdiction over my own life. <laughs> Here you go. So what you got coming up? We had a good weekend. We had a really great weekend last weekend. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, May 18th, is the Come Worship the King concert, which is Baptism and Bacchanal happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's going to be, <laughs> There's gonna be a, a lot of uh, good things happening for Come Worship the King. That's at Emmanuel. 
oh, sorry, Evangel Pentecostal Assembly, just off 50th Street in Edmonton, Alberta. Is that the and, one on the and, south? And White Mud, yeah. White Mud and 50th That big, big one. Yeah. I graduated there. Mm-hmm. That's where we did our graduation ceremony. That's the one. Mm-hmm. So um, there's where we had the concert. Last year they had um, rags that they gave out so we could wave. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. And I had a great time. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Is that on Saturday or Sunday? You said a date, That's the but eight. what's the day? The 18th, which is a Saturday. I Saturday believe. the 18th. Yes, because last week was the 11th. Yeah. Okay. So that was that Saturday. So this Saturday coming, we're gonna have a great time with that. Um, what else we got? May twenty fifth, which is the fall, next Saturday, is the Kerry West Mass Band launch, which will be done at no other place than the Art Gallery of Alberta. Yeah, that's cool. So they're gonna have the mass. Yes, it's Fanshish Manshe. So we're going to have the um, mass band launch, uh, inviting everybody to come out uh, to that, celebrate black culture in Edmonton Mm -hmm. um, through Wine Up, Wine Up. So let's make sure that we have that and and everybody comes out. Are you going? I am hoping to be in attendance, Mm. but we'll see what happens. There's a lot going on that week. Yeah. On May 23rd, it just happens to be my birthday. So, um, I don't know what I'm doing for my birthday exactly. There have been plans made and deleted and then made again. So, I not Everything that has been made and deleted and made again sounds fabulous, actually. So, I think you'll have a good time regardless. I, I'm hoping to find out what, but I would like. This year, last year, I jumped out of a plane, went mm-hmm. up 7,000 feet, jumped Perfectly out. good one. Tandem with my buddy from Australia who jumped out with me and we soared the skies with a parachute coming Was down. Was it hard to breathe when you're coming down? Totally. Okay. Totally and completely hard. So everything I imagine. Is, um, I did all the calculations. I was like, I don't think I want to do that. It's wind coming at about hundred. <laughs> you go on um, Big Eye Productions uh, on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Big Eye Productions. You can actually see that jump and see how my mouth did. All right. So um, with hand gliding. Um, the guy who's going to take me, he's like, yeah, man, I've been doing it for 50 years. And then the next thing you know, he died. What? And he died on the ground. Okay. The person I, I, who sorry. taught me how to he fly did, died he did in not, the air. He did not die on the ground. He died in the air. Yeah. He well, died. You know what they say? At least he died doing what he loves. While he was hand gliding mm-hmm. and then came down and took a flight to BC and the flight crashed. GTFOH. <laughs> it's it's That's tragic. That is tragic. So tragic. So okay. and anything else you have going on? So we got come worship the king. We have this Carrie West band launch the weekend after. We have your birthday on the twenty third. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Well, don't forget to come out to salutations Sunday. Oh yeah, sun salutations yoga. We had we've had a, a bunch of really awesome weeks. And that's it. We're going to keep going. We grow as we go. Where is that? 
It's right here, Aphrodisiac. So that's 11445, 124th Street, Unit 211. We do start at 10, so try to get here about 15 minutes early just so you can set up and be relaxed and not be stressed out. And if you bring your children, put them behind you and respect their practice as well as your practice. We're allowed children, but you're not allowed to parent them while they're yogaing. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, sometimes kids, you know kids. Um, especially in the spot, there's a lot of things to touch. And so parents are like, oh, don't touch that, don't touch that. Uh, leave those people alone. But there's a spot here for children and... The owner of the spot wants the children to run free and roam. So uh, bring the children. Not like home. (laughs) (laughs) If you have to bring the children, just bring them. But if you want, if you want Zen and relaxation, no, people bring their kids for yoga because it's a ten and up thing. Okay, so so we had some tens here the other day. Okay, but mom was like really concerned with their practice being. Correct. Oh, okay. So she was consistently correcting them during her own practice. So what I was saying to her is that we have to respect their practices. Just the same way we we respect your practice, we have to respect their practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that puts us at... The end. The end of the show. This is, the, this is it for the week. I have to be honest with you, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and how that worked out. I was concerned in the beginning. But I guess um, we're always going to come out this with different energy. And as long as we stay focused and stick to it, we'll get through it. I guess that's my word for the week. I, I, was, I was about to say, you got the word for the week today, girl. You got it. You got it. Stick it to itness is, is. Stick to itness. Stick to itness. No, stick to itiveness is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Stick to itiveness. So yeah. Just put it in there. That's a real word. Okay. Yeah, in the dictionary. Stick to it. Yeah, so keep focused, stick with it, you'll get through it. I don't know if that's what I said, but it sounds right. All right. Everybody have a good week. Um, Don't forget to like us on all of the podcast things. We're available on Breaker, on Stitcher. We are on Spotify, Apple. Um, We are on blackmultiverse.com. We're on Facebook. We have a group and a page in Facebook. And then we are also on Instagram at Multiverse Black. What did I miss? YouTube. We're on Google. Google. We're on Outcast. Breaker. Overcast. Overcast. Mm -hmm. Breaker. Outcast is a app group. Follow us and tune in every week and come see us. Mm -hmm. Follow us and please like us on the YouTube. Like us. Like us. Like us. If you don't like or follow or whatever, it doesn't actually count. Yes, you have to like. All right, that's it for us. All right, good night, and thank you for tuning in to the The Black Black Multiverse Multiverse Theory Theory Podcast.